Happy Self-Care Sunday, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my first episode of the Big Sister Podcast. This series has been created to help anyone who has questions regarding general life problems and mental health. I hope you enjoy. How are you doing though? I feel like it's literally, we talk so much on DMs, but we never actually talk. (laughs) And then I always feel like I've spoken to them like, oh yeah, but no, I'm good. Um, sitting in Devonsdale. Today's first ever episode of the Big Sister podcast, I welcome Helen from Living Liberty, who has kindly agreed to let me interview her for a chat on all things dating and mental health. A quick introduction to Helen and how we know each other. Helen and I both danced in Limelight Dance Academy and through a good few years of ballet snacking shows and I think one dancer's night out, as well as amazingly living in New York at the same time. Helen is one friend who astounds me with her work ethic, her personality and her strengths. Through her incredible work with social enterprise Living Liberty and the prevention of domestic abuse, as well as an impressive career as a showgirl touring around the world, Helen is a force that is not to be reckoned with. I shall let Helen fill us in more, as that's why we're here. So welcome, Helen. Hi, thanks for having me. That was lovely to listen to. I thought I'd surprise you with good words. That was really lovely. And yeah, we start with ballet that was like where we started out as friends yeah um, it seems like forever ago now but then yeah I remember, I remember you coming was... in with so many like long limbs and just being able to do all these things <laughs> I was like oh my god yeah um yeah that must I don't even know what year that was like 2010 or something like that yeah um long time ago yeah oh that's um, so funny yeah and then obviously we crossed paths in New York um briefly I was doing like a yoga training thing there yeah um, I was months um and you were interning weren't you I think or something. yeah I was so like young and naive and I remember it being like oh my god I'm in New York too oh my god same let's meet up yeah <laughs> like, I think in a park I highly recommend like a New York adventure to anybody I was because I, I went there it was one of the first times I traveled without a dance contract so I traveled a lot with my dance career but yeah. I just used to go there and rent a room and just to have some time um, before I went back into another contract. And it was, su- it was such a nice thing. Obviously, New York's amazing in the summertime. Um, so all positive experiences, I think. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, it was so coincidental that we were just there at the boat at the same time. But it was such a good, like, knowing that I had you, that I was like, oh, it's nice that I know someone here and I'm not fully on my own. Yeah, but it's such a different... I mean, at that stage, I was still working out... I was sort of very much caught between my sort of dancing and showgirl career and then what I wanted to do with Living Liberty. So at the time, it was just a blog. It was just a simple blog page. And half of me was pulled towards developing it and seeing where it could go or what it could mean. And then half of me was still sort of in dance ahead. So that was my plan for New York was to work out what I wanted to do with my life. But um, it turns out to just be a really brilliant distraction. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'd love to go back to New York just to literally have, because the thing about New York as well, it's you're surrounded by so many different personalities and different people and different career paths. I just feel like in the UK, sometimes you can get into a bit of a box, like you do the same thing all the time. Like New York's quite free. Yeah. Um, I did, it was part of my, I did this yoga training thing at an amazing studio, which is sadly now closed, um, called Sacred Sounds. And I had um, uh, sort of, a big change in the way that I yoga meditation in that mm. I had this teacher who 
basically every time he was teaching would tell me to just lie down in Savasana and just relax. Oh. And I'd get really frustrated. And I was like, but I want to do all the bendy things. I want to, <laughs> my head was like, I'm here to train. I want to do this. And I, in the end, I was so frustrated. That I ended up just asking him after class, like, why do you keep, essentially make me sit out is how I saw it. And oh, Helen. <laughs> He was like, actually, that's what you need. He said, because you're coming into this class, he's like, you place your mat front center, you're taking it on like a, like some sort of challenge of, right, I need to be able to do this pose, I need to be able to tick off this thing. He's like, that's not the point of yoga. Yoga is supposed to be a process, it's not a tick list. And actually, for you, you're finding it most difficult to just sit still. So the reason that I'm telling you to lie down and just lie and sort of absorb the room and sort of shut off is because that's what you need from yoga, but you're going for what feels better for you, like it's sort of soothing. Um, yeah. And it took me like such a long t- time to understand that. Um, Cause I think I was just going into it with dancer brain of like ticking off moves. Yeah. Um, and then actually now I never forget that teacher. I was so frustrated with him at the time and I just didn't get it. I think even at the time I was like, what's he on about? Um, it's such a good pose though. So it's like, like, oh yeah. my God, so much yeah. emotion has just come out. It's so good for healing yeah. as well. I know. And at the time I needed to heal, but I just was resistant and I was just powering into anything that kept me busy or made me feel successful. Um, and he, he saw that and I was like, no, I'm going to be really good at yoga. And he's like, this isn't I'm going to be the best in the class. I'm the most yeah, he's, I'm like, the best. he's like, even the fact good at yoga is just not a thing. He's like, just like it's a practice, you know, like you don't, you know, you can train, I guess, as a teacher, but ultimately it's not about grades and success in being able to move up a level um yeah so I was like oh that guy was quite wise <laughs> I suppose that was a good transition for you because that was moving away from like all the career of the, the dance yeah. and then it was moving into your mental space and everything you're you're now doing with living liberty that was almost probably the start of it yeah very much so and everything that I teach now and, and all the work I share now is that like, completely based in empowerment so rather than me being some kind of I don't know, dating guru or like relationship expert, as it were, it's more mm-hmm. about like I share perspectives on what I've been through. And then I, because I really believe that the thing that changed, the one thing that made all the difference to me was finally developing some self confidence and some self esteem. So there was no article or guidebook I could read that was ever going to make a difference to how I was approaching relationships until mm. I learned to value myself because otherwise every time I went into something I was just going for their lead and not realizing sort of what was right for me and I had had no sense of intuition of what felt right or wrong and it was just getting me into trouble so everything I share now is very much almost what he that yoga teacher taught me and that it's okay to just sit with yourself and you don't need to prove anything to anyone yeah and that's sort of been the where everything kind of changed and that's sort of like the theme of my work now is just reminding the young women that I speak to that actually you don't need to have done I don't know have a certain relationship by a certain time or have a certain guy or girl approve of how you're being so that you feel okay it's like you need to feel comfortable with yourself um so yeah that's kind of the theme of everything which is why I've called it living liberty because it's like living freedom so you're sort of living freely to be yourself yeah definitely and for anyone that's new well obviously everyone's going to be new because it's the first episode um but can you give us a little bit of background to living liberty and you know what you do and the sort of work so living liberty started as mentioned earlier as a blog so it was just a blog page 
um, I started um, in 2012. And at the time, I'd just come out of a really, really abusive relationship. And I actually, at a very similar time, also started my first dance contract, which was no coincidence in that the first contract abroad that came along, I just leapt on it so I could sort of, what I saw was starting fresh. Um, so I started this blog called Journey to Liberty, which is supposed to be about me healing. Um, not thinking anyone would read it. It was just a way for me to sort of process what had been happening. Because um, I'd been in that relationship from when I was 15 until I was 23. Um, mm. And so all of my identity was with this person. It was like, it was really difficult to start to untangle it. And then over the years, it just, you know, no one read it for years and that was fine. And it was just my own sort of online journal. And then over the years, it started to get um, a bit more people reading it and people engaging and sharing their stories. Um, and then as I came sort of towards the end of my dance career and decided that I'd had enough, um, which was two years ago now, um, mm. I decided to launch it as a social enterprise and so now it's sort of developed from being a, an article resource, essentially, to being online support and um, confidential listening services. And um, I've got ebooks and anything that essentially helps young women to feel confident in relationships. And it's teaching the sort of relationship education that none of us ever got in school or have ever really had. We're all sort of guessing as we go along. And I think that can leave us vulnerable to abuse and Mm. abuse and domestic violence I tend to actually not use those terms too often because I find that if people hear domestic violence they disassociate from it but yeah if you say to somebody oh have you ever had an unhealthy relationship everybody will reel off a story to me about oh I had this ex-boyfriend or I had this best friend who was really manipulative like all of us have been through an unhealthy relationship um so rather than seeing it as one extreme or nothing it's sort of I just talk about healthy relationships in a more general sense um yeah so yeah that's kind of nutshell <laughs> kind of what I do now wow so it's just all about um yeah themes and empowerment helping people realize that they can say no to things and they don't have to live out the same relationship that their best friend did or anything close um, it's amazing what you do Helen like honestly I'm just every time I hear about what you're doing or read anything I'm like this is incredible she is so powerful she's got such a voice it's incredible Thank you. Like it does, it's a strange thing now because I think if you'd, if I'd looked in sort of 10 years ago, um, I never thought I would have had even the confidence, I think to even mention about what was happening and now to talk about it openly, I actually think that's the thing that's needed because most things to do with relationships happens behind closed doors or, mm. you know, they, particularly with social media, obviously everybody loves to show the happy couple goals, but they don't necessarily want to talk about the fact they're worried that it's you know that their boyfriend or girlfriend's checking their phone and um or checking when they get home and they feel uncomfortable with it but they don't really know how to broach that and all these little things um that people come to me for and nearly everybody will start with saying oh this is probably silly but and but if it's yeah. enough that they've reached out then it probably is concerning or like it needs talking about um so, yeah, it's just sort of opening up conversations and letting people know. And generally, if people know there's a safe space or that they're not going to be judged for it, um, then people are quite open. And I think talking is really powerful. And that's why I sort of try yeah. to set the example on my Instagram of just not holding back and just, just being honest, really. We all go through all phases of relationships. It's like nobody's immune to it. Um, so, yeah. 
And it's amazing, like growing up as children, like I know in school or even like secondary school, no one ever said to me, this is an unhealthy relationship yeah. or this is healthy or this isn't right or this yeah. is, you know, that's not normal. You just kind of end up dating these guys and yeah. you almost kind of think, oh, well, I'll just go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah. But no one tells you what's right and wrong. And even, you know, I most of my relationship or sex education came from like, I don't know, J17 magazine or like, like I learned stuff from <laughs> magazines and obviously now people read stuff online. But they were all just, and all of them were like five ways to get the boy you want or yeah, like you. or And it, they were all about trying to impress a guy. Like I remember reading, What makeup to wear yeah. to look at you and you're out and stuff tip. like that. Yeah, I remember reading this tip like when I was about 15 or something <laughs> saying, um, oh, you know, why don't you ask a boy in your class to like do up your necklace for you because it will make him like see you in a different way and you'll be like close together. Oh my God. What the... No, like, but now we're like, no just, way is a man putting a necklace around my Yeah, like, we just, like, hang around on, like, in a classroom, like, hoping, hoping that somebody offers to do up your necklace. Why don't you just do it up yourself and just have a conversation? <laughs> like, it's just such a, I don't know. So, you imagine the poor girls going around in class holding this necklace around their neck. Being, like, reached, yeah. just does it up. It was just That's insane. And so, yeah, and, and like you said, like, nobody really mentions, yeah, what can, and, and there's, you know, different levels of it. It's, you know, I think for me, when I was going through a really abusive relationship, at the time I was, you know, I was like a teenager into my early 20s and all my friends were having like very brief things or they were going away traveling. And what I I found, and that's part of the reason I set up Living Liberty, was that a lot of the sort of abuse support or resources were aimed at older women that had children. So it was like, mm. and things like that. And it didn't apply to my situation at the time. And I think I just thought, oh, maybe it's just doesn't happen to young people. Like maybe it's just for when people get married, you know, like you just have the stereotypes of what domestic violence looks like. And actually now, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about, you know, red flags and in retrospect, I can look back and think actually a lot of what was happening wasn't healthy from quite early on. But mm. I thought being swept off your feet well, I talk about this a lot. Like the idea of being swept off your feet is sold to us as a really lovely, like lucky experience somehow. But actually, if someone sweeps you off your feet, it's essentially knocking off your balance. Like, as in wow. a partner that you can walk next to and that you're like even with and that you feel like grounded with, not to be you're walking along in life and then they sweep you off your path. Like, you know, like it's actually would be really unnerving if that happened in a little Yeah. So yeah, and I think it's not, you know, I'm all for romance. I'm a very romantic sort of minded person, but you can be caring and show, you know, like connection and build connection without it happening overnight. And, you know, so those red flags that I now look back on of, you know, the fact that everything moved very, very quickly, yeah. but, you know, he was saying, I love you within two weeks. Like he was, you know, he moved in with my family and we ended up you know, renting together when I was very young, like all of that moved so quickly, which meant I was mm. pulled in and he was a lot older than me. So I think I always felt like, you know, why is this older, good looking guy like so interested in me? And mm. I felt lucky, you know, that he'd chosen me because I was a sort of insecure teenager. Um, and now I think if I felt more confident or actually valued myself, I probably would handle it all very differently. Um, yeah. But I didn't have the tools and I didn't really know, you know, you don't have a vernacular you know and even earlier than that like sort of teenage experiences of being with guys or like having first even sexual experiences things like that you just have nothing to compare it to 
and you just kind of go along with things and think oh is this normal I think everyone else is doing it and it's just you know that's what leaves people vulnerable so I just talk a lot about instinct and the fact that it's okay to just take a breather and just think mm, actually if I don't feel okay about this then I'm going to talk to somebody and and all of that really so it's just it's just conversations and awareness I think I think it may, would have made such a difference I think it's amazing like I just I can't even believe what you've created it's incredible um and then that actually leads us on to one of the questions actually mm. in terms of the red flags and the relationships and what would you say these are for anyone that's listening and like how to look yeah. out for them and how to deal with them I think um so I when I was first developing Living Liberty as an enterprise I almost had this like I'm gonna write a manual and I was like thinking like you know because there was so much that I wanted to share mm. and actually the more that I wrote I actually started writing this like text that I thought would be helpful and the more I developed it the more I realized first of all everybody has different boundaries so like what I find to be acceptable is going to be different to someone else based on what they enjoy what they were raised as like you know culture religion so I don't think there's like a this is right this is wrong um sort of checklist that you could follow to keep you essentially safe the the thing that will keep us all safe is um listening to intuition so if you are with spending time with somebody whether it's like on a first date or you've been with them a couple of months or whatever it is and you've got that like stirring feeling in your stomach where you feel a bit just uncomfortable or after spending time with someone like you've got home from a date and you just feel a bit irritable and like agitated and you don't really know why that's what needs paying attention to so mm. you can do that because usually we'll brush it off because we'll think oh but he's really good looking or oh but you know it's fine about that odd thing he said because we did also have a nice time we tend to make excuses but I, I yes. think it's so important which is where meditation and sort of time self-reflection and journaling and all that stuff comes in because you have to give yourself room to think but do I feel okay about this not just is this normal? Would my friend think this was weird? Shall I ask her opinion? And then I'll go with what she says. Like, how do you feel about it? Because, you know, like I've been on dates where, I don't know, like before I met my current partner, I was on, going on a lot of different dates from like apps and things. And one guy seemed really charming, but he kept ordering for me. So whenever I saw him. Oh, God, me, no. And I was like, oh, but maybe he's just, that's his version of being polite. And I was like weighing it up. And then I was like, no, I just feel uncomfortable about it. And, I, and then I thought, well, I'll try and order and say you know, what I'd actually quite like to eat. And you know, he was quite negative and almost quite um, reactive to it, which told me everything I needed to know about him. Like I thought... Because he's almost yeah. like taking the power away from yeah. you and telling you what exactly. you need to do. So, you know, and it's only a small thing. And, I'm not, and I really don't think, and I don't encourage anyone to, you know, obsess over every comment. Because sometimes we all say stupid things on dates because we're nervous or we do something that's not our typical character. But... I think there's a difference between you know somebody saying something daft and you d- you don't particularly feel affected by it compared to getting home and sort of having that like you want to have a shower sort of brush yourself off think oh that was a really weird experience type feeling so mm. you know and sometimes if we don't feel secure in ourselves that's usually where we go hunting for validation so you know like I've definitely done it I'm sure a lot of people have where they kind of know a guy's not the right person but you text them anyway because it's quite nice when they text you and you feel good when they do, but it always leads around to feeling bad about yourself again because of how they treat you. And I think, yeah. you know, listen to those instincts and sort of have enough respect for yourself to say, 
I can make myself feel happy. I don't need to have this guy text me to get like an adrenaline thrill. I can just say, do you know what? I'm single for a bit and then meet someone who genuinely makes me feel good. Um, so yeah, I think intuition is quite a long explanation of it, but ultimately check in with yourself regularly. Like restaurant toilets are great self-reflection spots on dates. You know, <laughs> Yeah, they are amazing just to look at yourself and go. Yeah, just sit in there for a sec and be like, how do I feel about this? Like, do you find yourself not quite being yourself because you're trying to impress them? Or actually, are you comfortable to be yourself? You know, And mm. we all know the answer deep down. It's just sometimes you don't want to sort of hear it. Um, but yeah, I think I would say that's the key, like most important message that I try and weave into everything is just to listen to yourself because you're the person that knows yourself best. And it's almost like if you do sense that on the date that you're not happy, not comfortable, yeah. it's perfectly acceptable to say, listen, like, it's been a nice night. It's been lovely yeah. to meet you, but I'm I'm gonna actually head home yeah. and get a taxi home. Like it's perfectly yeah. acceptable and fine. And even halfway through the date, there's no, there's no obligation to spend time with somebody, and you can politely leave. You don't you don't have to be harsh or you know be concerned about conflict. And ultimately, how someone behave and responds tells you everything. So that Maya mm. Angelou's favorite favorite quote ever is, "If someone shows you who you are, believe them." So yeah, I love that one. If someone's like being wonderful to you on a date, but you're still a bit uneasy and you're like, I don't know about this guy. And like some of the things he said doesn't quite add up or whatever. And then you say, do you know what? I'm, I know we said we're going to go see a film, but I think I'm going to head home early if that's all right. And they react being irritated. Oh, I set this night apart. This is wasting my time. That tells you everything you need to know about them. Yeah, it's like presenting so, it on a plate. Yeah. Like if I was on a date with someone and they made excuse to leave I would either think maybe that was a real excuse or maybe they just need to go I would never want to make them feel uncomfortable yeah so I think often that was and sort of another leg of, of what the advice I give is when you're considering if something's acceptable or not think about whether you would treat the other person the same way mm. so the past where I was trying to heal from my past relationship I was making lots of oh, but it's his culture, oh, but it's because of this, oh, we had a hard time, he was stressed about work, all these excuses. And then finally, a therapist actually said to me, think about when you're your most angry, most upset, had the worst day ever, could you speak to someone or treat them in the way that you were treated? And I was like, no, of course I wouldn't. So there you go, that's your answer. Therefore, yeah. your boundaries, it's not okay. So why are you letting it come back the other way if you wouldn't hand it out? So... And it all comes yeah. down to like how you feel about yourself and how confident you are yeah. in yourself. That's why you would go make those excuses. Yeah. But if you are 100% confident, you'd be like, actually, no, I'm not yeah. accepting that. Yeah, exactly. Because you wouldn't let someone you love to be um, treated that way. Like, I, you know, if I think of the people I really deeply love in my life, I couldn't bear it if they were being treated in, in the ways that I've been treated in the past. Mm. So then that's your measure. You think, well, actually, if I love myself like I love them, it wouldn't, I wouldn't allow it. So that's where the self sort of development and, um, you know, having respect for yourself and appreciating who you are, all of that is key. Because um, otherwise you're just opening up yourself for however somebody wants to treat you. And perhaps hopefully you could be a lucky person and never run into somebody toxic. But, you know, we all run into them, whether it's at work or I don't know, somebody we date or somebody in the family, like, you know, toxic behaviours, you know, can happen in lots of different types of relationships not just romantic ones yeah um, and then yeah. I mean like, I guess that kind of leads us on to sort of dating in the 21st century and obviously yeah. we have all these apps and 
you know, these events that like speed dating and you meet guys in bars, like what would your advice be for anyone dating in the 21st century? I think that um, <laughs> so often, I, I think it's probably the most common conversation ever on a date is complaining <laughs> about the dating world. Like yeah. we all go on dates and go, oh yeah, it's a nightmare, I hate apps or whatever. But like, what's your ultimately, yeah, everyone loves that. I mean, it is also a great topic of conversation. It sort of breaks the ice or whatever. Um, and it also kind of helps you realise what they thought was a disaster. But um, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, as a, when I was dancing, I was typically working with a lot of gay men and a lot of women. So, and I was doing contracts where I was moving around a lot. It doesn't really, it's not greatly set up for meeting like a great partner. Mm. Um, but so I found apps um, to be a mixed bag. I'm sure people, a lot of people feel that way. But I ultimately feel positively about them. If, I think if you use the right platform, like I always stayed on Bumble in the end because it's set up by women. Um, it's sort of, had, they have a lot of safety and um, like checks in place and things like that. And that reassured me. Yeah. Um, but I think the same rules, no matter how you meet, whether it's in a bar or at a social event or what, how, in an app or whatever, the same rules ultimately apply and have applied forever, like no matter how much digital age moves on, in that you can take the lead in your dating life. You don't have to be to feel like you're waiting to be picked. Yeah. So although the apps feel a bit like that because you essentially are matching and choosing each other, like you can put that down that app or mute it, wherever it is, for a period of time if you want to. The same applies that we were talking about earlier. If you're on a date, it doesn't feel right, you can step away. And it doesn't mean that you're not trying or that you're like ruining your chances or because that's all external pressure. I think mm. sometimes the rush to try and meet the one or whatever can push us into the arms of the wrong people. So I think, yeah, if you feel comfortable in yourself, you're naturally, I think even energetically, going to attract better people into your life. And I know that when I was um, struggling a lot with my self-esteem, I had had not just bad relationships, but bad friendships. So I would attract mm. people in my life, seemingly like there was like a never ending like amount of them into my life over and over again that would just not appreciate me in the way that I deserve to be treated. Mm. And actually once I decided that, right, this has to change, I have to start taking care of myself and not needing things to happen or to need a certain amount of friends or to need a relationship, Funnily enough, it all just shifted. And the people that were, had been taking advantage of me naturally disconnected because I've stopped feeding them with what they wanted. Yeah. Um, I naturally met my partner on a blind date. And he's a really good person. It's really positive. And I don't think I was ready to meet someone like that until I really... And it's, they say it's... You know, you hear it a lot, like, you know, you have to love yourself first. But there's a reason for it. Like, you know, for a long time, I was existing on you know, being able to run away on a contract or do some big exciting thing or become very successful in my career without really dealing with how I was feeling inside or actually having any proper value for myself. Do you feel like and, it was a distraction yeah. for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I wrote one of my most read articles was when I was living in New York, actually, mm. which was, I'm living happily ever after, why can't I breathe, was the title. Oh, wow. And it was about the fact that I'd done a photo shoot in the morning for this like really great photographer and it was like a ballet shoot and I'd been like standing on point in the middle of Central Park in this fountain, like this big thing and it was way nice and I'd somehow sort of been recommended with a friend of a friend to do this shoot and it was incredible and then but at the time I was 
struggling with my mental health a lot. So, you know, uh, I think the shoot was at like 6am or something. And by 9am, I was on the subway going back to my apartment. And I had this huge panic attack. Um, and I just couldn't breathe. And obviously being on the subway, it was not ideal. And I was <laughs> gasping for breath. And then by the end of it, I was exhausted, went home, slept all day. And in the evening, I got the email with the initial shots from the shoot. And I saw myself being this like glowing dancer, vision of everything I'd wanted to be thing. And I just sat there with like, just feeling really rough and sitting in bed thinking, which one is reality? Like that reality or is me now reality? And actually all of them are. Like my whole day was my reality. And so I wrote this article about how, you know, even if you have the shiniest things to show everybody, it doesn't always show the whole picture. Mm. Um, So many people contacted me through it saying, oh, I'm a professional singer or I'm a lawyer or I've done all these great things. I'm really struggling in my private life and that's reality because even if you've got the best job ever it doesn't it can't make you complete all the way through like you know I had to be that even if I lost all those jobs I could still feel okay and still now I'm learning really it's like sort of because there's so much pressure online to have some sort of identity or to be able to explain yourself every minute of the day but we feel Mm. every day so some days we'll have a good day and other days not and that's normal um so like the path to happiness or whatever fulfillment is not linear like you just keep going upwards in this like nice smooth sort of um upper slope it's like you know it changes all the time goes around circles so absolutely and it's I guess you kind of have to like as someone that's in their 20s dating I guess you you kind of need to have your self-love and you need to kind of know who you are and what you want before actually going out with someone yeah and you know it changes like I don't think we need to feel like we have to close off to, you know, like I said, okay, lots of people will say once they've been hurt a certain amount of times, that's it. I'm not dating anymore. I'm going to just be on my own. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's fine. And sometimes we need that time. But also there's nothing wrong with like going to it and coming back out. And, you know, like it can be a sort of a portfolio experience. So like I, when <laughs> I, I love was, that. Yeah. Like when I was in, um, I moved to Birmingham when I got back from my last contract in America and I'd just come out of another quite unhealthy relationship and I was like okay I'm gonna date I'm just gonna date and I, I wrote an article called, called like 100 first dates or something and oh I went on something like that I went on so many first dates because I could see the pattern of guy I was choosing and I was like I need to break this habit of choosing these like so-called super unique art tortured soul artists that where we could connect really deeply who turned out to be just narcissistic people like it was not like yeah you can can kind of see that a little bit how many times I think now I've picked someone different this time and I'd be sitting on the date thinking this is the same guy he's just played the guitar or now this guy paints or whatever and he's just wearing a different hoodie yeah like it's literally the same guy regurgitated so it was like it was a, a an addiction like I just and it was because I'm, I've always been, up until then, used to relationships where I instantly felt a high. Like I would meet them, mm. they would shower me in compliments and promise me the world. And I'd feel it was like this unique thing, which inevitably turned toxic. And actually, yeah. when I met my now partner, we met, we chatted, we sat and chatted for all, the whole evening. And I didn't have that high. I was just genuinely enjoying spending time with him. So it wasn't like this... Um, I mean, we had like a really strong connection, but it was genuine. It, it, I wasn't just 
coming out with impressive stories to tell him and him doing the same and it all being really electric and false it was just mm. people going oh you're really cool and it's like oh yeah you're really cool and we just spent time together and then it's yeah so I think now you've got a baby on the way <laughs> I know which is a little puppy yeah because we only met I think we met two and a half years ago uh, yeah. and then yeah and we were having a baby in August which is really funny um okay. and so ah! yeah and I don't you know now we've moved to Devon and um yeah it's just it's such a lovely like I never under, I think from everything I've been through I never underappreciate now what I have um yeah. sometimes you know you have to have a couple of rough experiences before you can really appreciate your own resilience but also the gifts in life like I appreciate every small thing now um and I think so yeah I don't I wouldn't I don't think I could ever say oh, I'm glad I went through xyz but mm. at the same time, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I would never set up Living Liberty if I hadn't been through those experiences and therefore now be able to help other young women and make a difference. So, yeah, and it was all just a process, really, of, like, yeah, building my own self-esteem and sense of self, I think. I think it's the thing that, you know, people tend to recognise that teenagers are insecure, but mm. those teenagers very quickly become young adults. And then what? <laughs> you don't magically become complete when you turn 20. Um, you still got to do a lot. Yeah. Of so, yeah, it's a lot of working out. But I, th I would say to anyone listening, you know, sometimes I think these kind of conversations can seem like temporarily inspiring. But then there's always this voice in your head of like, oh, but I can't do that. Or, well, she seems more confident than me. Like, I literally... I had zero confidence and I would never have thought I'd have been able to build the life that I've built now from where I was before. So it's like always just trying to remain open-minded to the fact that you ha actually are the leader in your own life. You don't have to take the sort of the way the cards are fallen based on what someone else has given you. Um, and you don't have to like, if someone looks amazing on cards, like on the first date, like you don't have to pick them because yeah. you're single. Or just because... Your friend thinks they're great. Like, I remember when I first met my, like, first partner and I was, like, 15, and I invited him to, a, like, a party with, like, friends of mine or whatever, and they all, you know, he charmed everybody, which is very, um, very, very telling of quite a, a toxic person, actually. Not that polite, charming people are bad, but it was, like, he morphed into being what anybody wanted him to be in every conversation. And they yeah for him, and they were... And, he kept saying, oh, yeah, oh, they're so, he's so amazing, he's so handsome, he's so this, he's so that. And it sort of made him feel like a trophy, that I somehow got this trophy. And mm. actually, I was a little bit unsure in the beginning of the relationship. And that was my natural instinct kicking in, being like, mm, I don't know about this. But I was listening to what my friends thought, because teenagers do. And I just thought, well, if they think he's great, then I guess he is great, because, you know, they all love him. And you know, rather than checking in with myself and being like, but is this someone that you enjoy spending time with? Or is it that you feel, you know, somehow that you've won something because you're with this guy who's older and takes you for dinner and it feels very mature. Yeah. He is. You know, like, he was too, like, really, like, we were in completely different life phases and I grew up very fast to match him. Mm. It wasn't healthy. And obviously, you know, you can look back and say shoulda, woulda, coulda. But really, my kicked in then and I just didn't listen um so I think you know if I could have gone back and had a chat with younger Helen like quite a stern chat and just be like uh um so yeah I think I would definitely say it's okay if even if it's just your decision it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because they're not in a relationship and you know 
seeing me and it almost makes it harder if you're listening to them you kind of go well yeah. I can't really get rid of him now because they like yeah. him so and you know I and I needed to be loved at the time I needed somebody to tell me all the things he said so mm. I wasn't very confident in school and yeah and I it was like you know I hadn't really found my vocation yet I didn't I hadn't found dancing yet even um so I was sort of floating and then it, it just seemed to fit like okay well I guess I'll just piece this together it, it, it'll be fine um, yeah and then yeah so and it and the relationship sort of went on along fairly smoothly for a couple of years until we moved in together and um, bought a house and that's when everything changed um but yeah I think if I'd been able to listen not just listen to my instinct but be able to act on it and be like you know what like it's okay. It'll be okay if I'm not with this guy or it's, it'll be okay. I'll meet someone else or maybe I won't, you know? Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it can be a bit scary when you're thinking, yeah, but what then will happen? We can't control life. So um, you can't sort of. It's just more listening to what is going on in your brain yeah. and how you're feeling. Yeah. You prioritize you as a person before yeah. anything else. Which is why that's why I've been really enjoying like following all your like new venture with all this stuff and all your posts because so, it is where you just gently remind people like a little like nudge just being like you know it's all right to just stay in or you don't have to feel like you have to do everything today or like you know if you're feeling overwhelmed by like lockdown ending that's an okay thing to feel and yeah I think loads of people feel like that but people don't say it. everyone's so keen to now currently be posting I'm in a party I'm in a garden I've gone to a bar everything's amazing but and it's like chill like yeah. it's okay if you're going home and you're anxious and yeah. stressed like someone else has been like that and it's perfectly okay, yeah. perfectly okay to say that aloud yeah and we're human like we're not robots and we don't you know not every day is incredible and sometimes days are difficult and they need you know and we our minds need healing and rejuvenation and yeah. our bodies if you go on a massive marathon run you wouldn't expect to go on another one straight away you'd take time yeah you'd, you'd you know work on like muscles and you'd eat well and all it's like a whole well-being focus, I think, if we can start to look after our mental health as well, rather than yeah. as, oh, it's just something. Or like, oh, I just get anxious and just assume it's something that has to stay. Um, I don't think there's yeah. enough. And Well, there is more than there used to be, but yeah. more people need to speak out, I think, about anxiety and managing it and actually saying, you know, it's okay to tell someone you have anxiety. Yeah. It's okay that you're having an anxious day. Just tell someone yeah. and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like anything, the more we talk about it. And everybody has a different experience of it too. So for me, mm. I always had big panic attacks. So I would pretend I was fine. I would never have sort of ripples of it. I would just hold everything in tightly, be fine on the surface. And then inevitably something would trigger and I would have a huge hyperventilating episode. But then I would bottle it all up again, carry on again. And it went on like that for many, many years. And I used yeah. to think oh, I'm just being sensitive when those times happened. And then I learned from a lot of therapy and CBT and things to process. CBT is great. Yeah, and I learned to process it. I was like, oh, right, so you can actually do something about this. Because I just thought it was like an attack, you know, like an epileptic attack. It was like this thing that happened I couldn't control. And then I learned mm. the warning signs of it. I learned to take better care of myself so that I didn't build up to those points. Like rather than trying to hold everything together and keep running, I actually learned to put some things down and take my time with things and not have to do everything in one day. And actually, mm. now I don't have those panic attacks because it took a couple of years to get the hang of it. But by not 
letting myself get to that point of exhaustion and like mental depletion, I can actually prevent them. And it's like you realize actually you're the one in charge. And so, yeah, and, and allowing yourself to take a day off or allowing yourself a rest day or, you know, a crash day or whatever. Or even just saying to someone, look, I don't want to, I know we've just got out of lockdown, but I actually don't want to do this. I want yeah. to have a day at home and yeah. just chill. Yeah, completely. Um, and it's fine if other people are, you know, whatever anybody else wants to do, that's their choice. I think mm. wise for mental health, with what we eat, with religion, you know, believe what you want to believe, eat what you do or don't want to eat. Like we all have our own choices so, you know, I eat a plant-based diet and so many people will <laughs> challenge me on it. But like, but what about this? Why don't you eat meat? I'm like, but I don't challenge you. It's like, no. And say, well, why are you eating that burger? Or like challenge, because I think it's rude. So I just think, well, I just eat what I eat, you eat what you eat. So it's the same with mental health. Yeah. If you need every evening after work alone, because that's how you process the day, that's up to you. If you're someone who enjoys being social and going out every night, that's up to you. Like we all have our own way of coping with life and processing. And yeah, which is why coming back to relationships, it's fine if, if for you it's not okay, I don't know, to be, for example, in a polyamorous relationship, but somebody else would think that's really healthy and I really want to do that. That's their boundary and it's that's okay for them. And that's not okay. And it's not saying that they're wrong or you're wrong. You just have different preferences. So it's it's okay to sort of just sit in your own skin, I think. I think we all need reminders of that as often as possible, really. Um, and then how do you look after your mental health personally? Like, what's your sort of routines? Um, first of all, sleep. <laughs> it's like way underestimated how valuable proper sleep and rest is. I was all like, uh, yeah. oh, you know what? I don't really need that much sleep. It's a lie. If I don't sleep properly... I become a lot more reactive to things. So I just yeah. take like responsibility for myself. And and the same with eating. I need to eat regularly. Whereas before I would eat a meal and be like, oh, I'm busy. I'll just eat a snack. I'll be okay. And then eat a massive meal and then feel uncomfortable. Like I eat mm. regularly. So even if I'm working a lot, I'll make sure I've got food with me. Like basic self-care like that, actually I find makes a big difference to my emotional sort of balance. And then beyond that, I, I would say one of the biggest changes and the best practices I have in my life is having people around me or like in the people I interact with are people that I find positive or pe not positive, like they are just endlessly positive, but the feel positive existences in my life. So I had mm -hmm. many different friends for a long time. I sort of kept up friendships with quite a lot of people that never made me feel good and were quite dominating and weren't good for my mental health and actually developing my relationships with people that I really believe in and not feeding the relationships that are unhealthy has changed everything in my life because now I have mm. a group, group of friends that I know I can be myself with talk about the things I'm passionate about without being sort of heckled and that's part of my self-care is that I don't interact now or stay friends with people that are toxic so I don't have to feel bad about myself when they text me and I think oh I don't really know what to text back or what they're going to think about this like those anxious thoughts are removed by making sure that I have good people in my life and um yeah and then and then obviously naturally if you have good friendships in your life then you have mm. better conversations conversations that mean more to you and if you're struggling you're more able to reach out without feeling judged um and they almost 
bring you up yeah, don't they it's yeah. like you should always gravitate towards people that make you feel happy and warm. yeah and so actually I think you know because particularly I think in your 20s you tend to like cluster groups of friends and lots of people and it's so easy now with social media and whatsapp and group chats and all of that stuff to be in contact with hundreds of people at the same time almost yeah and actually I, I think my friend like list I guess in terms of how I see it, my, the people I interact with most days is tiny now compared to what it used to be but now I don't sit yeah. voice noting 12 different people that I'm sort of giving them relationship career whatever advice endlessly and then feeling like they're not putting anything into my life I have time now mm. and I spend time with people that I really care about I support causes that I care about and I was just living more authentically, I think. But that comes with confidence. Because in the past, I needed all those people. I needed my phone to be busy. I needed people to want to be with me. Um, mm. But once that need is removed, you actually realise who you want to be with. Um, so I would say, yeah, that as a self-care practice is massive. It, there's so many stresses or things that will happen in life that we can't prevent or plan for. Which is why I think, you know, as much as we can, we need to be building ourselves up and each other. So you have that, you know, sense of self because um, whoever makes you feel the best of yourself, spend more time with those people. And whether it's a guy you're seeing or some best friends or some girls you go dancing with or whoever it is, spend more time in those areas than with the people that make you check your phone and wonder why they haven't texted back and feel bad about yourself. Um, yeah. That resonates so much, like especially when you're dating a guy and when he doesn't message you back or well when he tells you he doesn't like something about yeah. you you should pay attention to those moments rather than everything yeah else. like you know and usually we'll weigh up we'll try and make some sort of list or like oh but you know we have got loads in common and we did have that really great date last tuesday and you know we might come up with this big stack of lists but ultimately nobody wants to be sat for a few days waiting for someone to text and then say oh sorry i was busy essentially that bottom of my priority list nobody like you don't deserve to be at the bottom of anyone's priority list like if somebody wants to see you they will and the people that um I always think the people that don't bother or the people that mess you about they've done you a favor in that they've given you a big fat like warning sign this is who yeah they are. they've literally done you a favor if you listen to those signs they're saying to you hey I'm not going to really appreciate you are you cool with that and if you say yeah okay great I'll just wait until you text me that's you're agreeing with them or you can say mm, do you know what I'm actually looking for a relationship where I feel good so thanks for no thanks and then they all they've done move themselves out of the way and then you can have space to go meet somebody else yeah. well I'm very conscious that we do have four minutes until we've been talking for an hour so just to finish it off yes what advice would you give yourself in your 20s oh my goodness <laughs> I would say that you don't have to have a plan or everything in place ever actually um, it, I think it's good to have preferences and to have aspirations and they're really in things to encourage but you don't need to have everything figured out um, you don't need to have a okay by 30 I'll do xyz and mm. um, take off all of the pressure most of which is probably coming from exterior that you're absorbing um about who you should be meeting when you should be having kids what job you should have by what age where what city you should be living in or not um i would say remove should and just make it about i would love to do this or i would mm. love to do 
like turn it around from I have to and just make it I would like to um, because some ventures won't work out and you can't plan or know the future so I think you can guide yourself in a positive direction but stop beating yourself up for everything not being how you meticulously measured out because um, it's just the root of a lot of unhappiness is should so take off should and go for I'm passionate about or I would love to do and that sort of type of language for sure um, yeah I love that I love anything you say Helen it just makes me feel like really empowered and positive about what I'm doing it's so great and I hopefully that will inspire anyone else that's listening to this good I very much hope so yeah, yeah. well it's been lovely to speak to you for the past hour Yay. I mean, that was me being like, we can probably like finish a little bit early. It might be fine. But no, no, with me and you combined is an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to listen to like future episodes. This is really exciting. Oh, thank you so much. It was lovely to speak to you. And we'll definitely stay in contact as well. And I'll let you know when this is live. Yay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Big Sister Podcast. To hear more mental health and wellness tips, head over to J Rose Wellbeing on Instagram. I can't wait to see you over there.